It's cool. Thanks, Ed. Right, before I start, I would like three volunteers to, to come and pour me a full glass of Coke. It's not a trick. It's not going to explode on you or anything like that. That's all you have to do. I just want to be not biased. So quickly, three people come up and pour me a full glass of Coke. Don't all rush at once or we're going to be here for a long time because we can't start until it's done. One, two, three. Thanks, guys. What a great time of worship this morning. You all enjoy that. See, it doesn't explode on you, Gary. It's quite safe. You're a little bit nervous, aren't you, you fellas? All the husbands survived while the wives were at sisters. Some of us did it tough. I've been crook all week. Looking after seven kids. Where did everyone go? <laughs> wow, you are really filling it up. <laughs> That's good. Well, I'm going to have to have a drink. Well, and then... That'll do. That's enough. It's going to overflow. <laughs> Jeff wins. Would you all agree that they are pretty... Full glasses of Coke? Everybody happy with how full these glasses of Coke are? Just one person's happy? Are you all happy? Cool. Is there room for more? And one? I'll fix it because you guys actually ruined my presentation. When my children ask for a, when I ask them for a glass of Coke or something, it's normally quite a bit lower than that. So maybe I should have fooled it myself. <laughs> Full glasses of Coke. We're all quite happy sometimes with the fullness of our relationship with God. And yet until someone points out that there's room for more, then we fully understand that we might not be completely full. Today's message is on, on fullness of salvation. And I want you to picture yourselves as being that glass and the level of Coke is the fullness of your salvation. Where do you sit when you see yourselves as a glass full of God, do you see yourselves as there room for more? Or do you see yourselves completely full? Because if these glasses are us and we are the temple that God calls us to be, and God calls us to a fullness of salvation, sorry, I'm just going to make myself room because this is going to make a mess otherwise. We need to be really careful about how we look after this glass. You know, we can be quite hopefully this works because it worked in my office before I explain. We've got to be very careful of what we allow into our lives. Because it's all right, I'm I'm watching too. (laughs) Okay. We also because there are things that we can allow into our lives that affect the fullness. And all of a sudden, things are a little bit emptier than what we first started off with. Apologize for this demonstration. 
but we also have to be very careful of who we allow into our lives because we've got to protect ourselves because people can come along, just hide what it is, and can sap us and can drain us. You know, we go through the school of the spirit that talks about um, barriers that we need to put, or barriers that can hinder our intimacy with God, and we need to put up safe things around us because there are things that we can introduce into our lives that hinder us. There are people that we can allow into our lives that sap us of the fullness of what God has for us. So we've got to be very careful with how we treat ourselves. But if there is room for more, what happens when we ask for more? A couple of things. I'll just put these in here. (laughs) So what happens when we get filled up? We can overflow, don't we? We saw it out. We sang about it a few seconds ago. Pour it out. Let your love overflow. Out of the out of your heart, the mouth speaks. There's a verse in the Bible. You can fool yourself with crap, and crap's going to come out. You can fool yourself with the love of God, and the love of God's going to overflow. Okay. What's one of the other benefits of being filled up with the, the fullness of God? No room for other stuff, absolutely. But it requires a capacity change. Ashley brought a, a fantastic message a couple of Sunday nights ago about Fred the Crab. And the fact that when Fred the Crab gets a little bit uncomfortable in his shell and he's growing so much that his shell doesn't fit, he sucks up as much seawater as he possibly could to fill himself off to break off the shell. And then a new shell comes. Some of us are living our Christian lives with a capacity like that. And God is saying, no, 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 I've got so much more for you. Jesus went to the cross and he's offered so much more for salvation. And so we seek the fullness and we get full. And we look at our lives and think, man, that's cool. But even still, when you're full with God, he has got more. You can never get enough of God. We have this, this desire and overflow. Philippians 1, 9 verses 11 says, Pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For what I want you to understand, what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praises to God. Overflow is incredibly powerful. But you've got to be careful of what you put in, because what you put in will come out. And God is telling us to fill ourselves with God. Fill ourselves with his love, and his love will overflow. Our capacity. Is, I love that we all hear the um, passage where we've got to stretch out our tent pegs and enlarge our areas of habitation. NLT puts it in a real cool way in Isaiah 54 verse 2. It says, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. Do whatever it takes 
to grow your capacity. Do whatever it takes, no matter what the cost is. Keep filling yourselves up with God. When you get full, suck more up of God because he's got more for you. Don't think that you're limited by your current situation or your current shell. God's got a bigger one, and he wants you. You compare living like that. How much more has God got for you than what we're currently living in our Christian walk? What if we had a thousand liter container here and put that beside the glass that some of us feel like our Christian lives are looking like? If you could see the capacity that God has for you, or could see what God's got for you, man, it would blow your mind. God has got so much for us. Jesus says in John 10, 10, that I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Full. Not half empty, not limited, but full. Salvation for a lot of Christians is generally viewed as just a deliverance from sin. We get saved. Jesus came and he paid the price. He was sinless. Went to the cross. God transferred or exchanged all our sin onto him. And in exchange, because God's in the business of exchange, he transferred and exchanged all of Jesus' righteousness onto us. And so we see our salvation as, yeah, I'm saved from sin and I get to spend eternity in heaven with God. And, and that's about it for a lot of Christians. And that's a glass half full because our salvation has got so much more. Jesus has paid the price for so much more than just our sins saved. He said in John 10, 10, I have come that you can have life and have it to the full. Don't settle for a glass half empty or a glass half full. Don't settle for the fact that you feel full and I've got so much God because God's always got so much more for you. We need to understand and we need to capture that the work of the cross is so much more than just being saved from sin and death because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. There is so much more. The fullness of salvation. Saved, healed and delivered. We've been hearing the word sozo come forward a bit. And again, if we go back to Philippians, it says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you'll keep growing in knowledge and understanding. The term sozo is one that you're going to hear more off because it means fully saved, fully healed, fully delivered. The term sozo is a Greek word. Old Testament written in Hebrew, the New Testament written in Greek. And to be fair, the English language doesn't always capsulate what the Greek words are trying to say. So when you're reading stuff in, in the New Testament and this, it talks about saved, healed, and delivered, and, and in some aspects it's using this word sozo, fully healed, fully saved, fully delivered. It's used over a hundred times in the New Testament. There is so much more to our salvation than just being saved fully saved, fully healed, fully delivered. I want us to turn to Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. And if I could have a volunteer read that out for me, please. That would be great. So the first one there, if someone put their hand up when you've got it. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. It's the story of the ten lepers. I want to give us an example of what 
this word sozo looks like. So who's got it? Excellent. Louise has got that. Thank you, Louise. Hold on. Right, and again. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? A little bit more. 19 as well, sorry. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Awesome. Most of us have probably heard that story or read that story at some stage. Leprosy. Quite a contagious disease. It affects the skin, mucous membranes and nerves. It causes discoloration and lumps on the skin and in severe cases, disfigurement and disformities. Beautiful. You can imagine what leprosy was like. I think probably most of you have seen images of what leprosy looks like. But imagine what it looked like and what it was like for the people back in the time of Jesus. They had, God had given very strict instructions around how to handle and deal with leprosy, and you find that in, in Leviticus 13, because leprosy was like second to death. If you had leprosy, you were extremely unclean. When you found out that you had leprosy, when you had go and shown yourself to the priest at the rash or the, the, the skin change, and he declared you to have leprosy, you were kicked out of the community and you were isolated of fear that you were going to spread this disease. The people had to um, wear raggedy clothes, they had to grow their hair long, they had to walk around crying out, unclean, 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 wherever they went, so that people would scatter and move aside from them. There were laws and rules that they had to stay at least six feet away from everybody. And it was, they were so fearful of it that on a windy day, they had to stand at least 150 feet away from them. Because they had the fear of catching this disease. They had to go into these communities of isolation until they were either healed or they died. So they weren't allowed to touch their families. They weren't allowed to be live with their wives and their kids or their husbands. They weren't allowed to go to their places of work. They were put in isolation. It was the fear of this leprosy. So here we have the story where Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he comes and he, to this village and he encounters 10 of, these lepros, 10 of these men that have leprosy. And it says that they stand at a distance and they call out, Master, Master. Have pity on us. They weren't allowed to get close. When Jesus saw this, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus didn't even bother getting close to them, didn't have to go and touch them and heal them. And he gives them a word. 
Go to the priest and show yourselves. So if I'm standing here, one of the, the ten lepers, and Jesus walks in the front door, and I'm crying out, Master, Master, because I've got to keep the distance. Have pity on us, and Jesus just says to me, go and show yourselves to the priest. I would probably think, is that it? You're not going to come and anoint me with oil. You're not going to come and cast anything off. You're not going to do any big supernatural thing. You just give me a word to go to the priest. Well, I have to go to the priest anyway to show myself. <laughs> uh, how many of you have got a word from God, and it's very simple, but you've expected something to be massive, and you've missed it because you've expected the bells and whistles, and God's just simply said, go. Do. Obey. So these 10 guys, you know, okay, they recognize who Jesus was and they go on their way to see the priest. And it says in the, in the verse, it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Other, others will say, other versions will say that they were healed. It just means a physical healing. Okay, because remember, I'm going to show you what the word sozo looks like in this piece of scripture. They just were physically healed. But one of them recognizes his healing and he turns back and he chases after Jesus and he goes back and he drops to his feet and he praises God in a loud voice and he thanked him and he was a Samaritan. I had to ask myself, why did they tell us he was a Samaritan? Well, Samaritan were almost seen as like the scum of the earth. They were the real bad people. So a Samaritan with leprosy was even worse. And he was the one that went back to Jesus. He got it. He understood it. And so he went back and found Jesus and dropped at his feet and gave praise to God. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Were not all ten of you healed? Why have I only got one? And he says to the man, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Hold on. He was already healed when he went to the priest. And now Jesus is saying to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Here's this term, sozo. Fully saved, fully healed, fully delivered. See, Jesus was standing there going, where are the other nine? I've got so much more for you than just a physical healing. This man received salvation. He was fully healed, fully saved, and fully delivered. The other nine got healed physically. How many of us would have been the one? How many of us would have been the nine? Hands up. <laughs> Who's the one? Yeah. yeah, you liars. We would like to think we'd be the one. But you think about the other nine. Leprosy can last for years and years and years. If you haven't touched your wife or your husband, if you haven't been able to hug them or be in the presence and you get healed, where's one of the first places you want to go? See, these nine got most of it right. They fully understood who Jesus was, that he was capable of healing them. They cried out to him. They were faithful and obedient. They got healed. And they saw their healing and they thought, oh my goodness, I can't wait to go back and hug my kids, 
See my wife. See my husband. I can't wait to go back to and show all the people. You can stop mocking me now. You can stop ostracizing me now. I'm healed. I'm one of you again. We can quite easily judge the nine and think that, yeah, we would have been the righteous one. But how many times has God done something for us and we've forgotten to go back and give him all the praise and glory? These nine got healed and thought, wow, I've been, I've been healed. I can now do it on my own. This is awesome. I've been saved. We think I can now go and do it all on my own. And yet Jesus is standing there going, I've got so much more for you. If only you had come to me upon seeing the miracle I performed, you would have been saved, healed, and fully delivered. Not just a physical healing. We have got so much more in our salvation than just being saved from our sins and getting to spend eternity in heaven. There is a fullness of our salvation, fully healed, fully saved, and fully delivered. One of our biggest barriers for us experiencing the fullness of our salvation is our ability to connect with each member of God, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Most Christians don't, to seem, don't, do not seem to easily relate to all three. The Bible tells us that God is made up of three persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And throughout scriptures, we see each member of God provided specific needs. Like God the Father, we see God the Father as one who tends to provide protection and provision and identity. We can read in Psalms 46 verse 1 that God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. He's our protection. Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Identity, protection, provision. We tend to see Jesus through the scriptures as someone who offers more um, around the communication and compassion, that relationship, that friendship. Jesus is known as a friend to sinners. John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what the master does. But I've called you friends. John 15 and 13, Greater love has no man than that someone should lay down his life for his friends. Jesus offers companionship and communication. The Holy Spirit provides, as we see in the scriptures, one who provides comfort and instructor. He's the, like the nurturer. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, shall teach you all things, an instructor. Romans 8, 26, In the same way, the Spirit will help us in our weakness. So each member of, the, of God provides different sort of a function and a different sort of role. And to, to receive the fullness of the salvation that Jesus has provided for us. 
determines a lot on how we can have a relationship with each member of the Godhead, of God. You know, in my experience, in, in relating to God the Father, I really struggled because I didn't have a father figure in my life that I could get what God had, you know, really wanted for us or for me. I didn't get the affirmation. I didn't get the I love yous, I'm proud of yous. My dad worked, one of my dads worked real hard that I never saw him. And yet it never seemed like we ever had enough. And so I struggled with relating to God the Father because what I, what I had done is transferred my experience and my view of a father figure and I viewed God in the same way. So I had barriers in there that stopped me from receiving the fullness of what God was offering. And God was saying, no, your, your identity, you are my son. I have adopted you into my family. I love you. I am proud of you. I am your provider. I am your protector. But because I had transferred my experience in there, I, there were barriers that weren't allowing me to, to feel that or to receive that. And I was missing out on the fullness because of a, a disconnect I had with God the Father because of my earthly experience. And so I had to go through it, and I'm still going through a process where I am realizing the lies that I partnered with around my earthly father and put them onto God as who God was. I had to recognize that God is who he says he is, despite of my circumstances. I had to renounce my partnership and my belief that this is who God is because this is what I saw of a father. And I had to exchange those lies for his truth. And I had to start growing in the understanding of who God the Father is for me. And I'm starting to work more in the fullness with God the Father. So my salvation, the fullness of what Christ has paid for me, is growing in its capacity. Because I'm no longer partnering with the lies that I've experienced and accepted and put onto who God the Father was. And we struggle to do this. In all areas of our lives, I think, our ability to have a relationship with all three members will impact the fullness of the salvation that Jesus has offered us. So I ask you a question. How is your relationship with God the Father? How is it with Jesus? We quite often relate to Jesus quite easily because he's friendly. Well, because we think that fathers are quite dominant and and heavy-handed. And so we think that God's going to, whoa, we run to God the Father, it's discipline. Oh, and, sorry, the Holy Spirit, well, it's just a little bit strange for some of us. So how do we relate How do you relate to each one? If you were to honestly stand there and say, God, who do I connect with the most? Who do I connect with the least? Because I want to experience and I want to receive the fullness of salvation. I want to keep growing. I want to keep expanding in my knowledge and understanding. I want to keep growing my capacity. 
And so we have to honestly look at some of these questions and ask, who do I relate with? And who am I not relating with within the Godhead, with God? Who do we struggle to connect with? Because God is saying, no, there is, there is so much more I have to offer. There is so much more I have for you. We have to get to this, <laughs> Phil coined this statement the other day, a holy dissatisfaction with anything less than the fullness of God. We have to get to this point where, no, I'm sick of being robbed, killed and destroyed because of the enemy. That's his plan and his purpose. And Jesus has said, no, I've come to give you life and life to the full. In all its fullness. With every single member of God. God has got so much more for us than the fullness of the salvation, than the salvation we quite often walk in. So the challenge that I offer you this week is what action do you need to take to recognize, to reject, to repent of, because I had to repent. I had to apologize to God for partnering with those lies. I had to forgive my father for not being what I needed to be, or not needed him to be, sorry. I had to renounce my partnership with the lies, and I had to receive what God had for me. God is always in the business of exchange. He took our sins, and he put them on Jesus, and he took his righteousness and put it on us. God is in the business of exchange. What lies or what physical experience or earthly experiencing are you limiting the relationship that God is screaming out for? So your homework for this week is to, if you need to, get out some glasses. Measure yourself. If you are full, get out a bigger glass. because God has got so much more for us. We want to embrace the fullness of our salvation, the fullness of what he has to offer. We want to partner with a God who's got so much more. So if you're struggling in any of those areas, ask God to show you why you're struggling to have a connection with God the Father or with Jesus or with the Holy Spirit. God is faithful. He will show you recognize it, reject it, repent of it, renounce it, and receive the truth and walk into a fuller relationship with Jesus and with God and with the Holy Spirit. Let's no longer be bound by, limit, by barriers by the enemy who wants to rob us of that relationship. Let's have a, un, a holy dissatisfaction of our levels of relationship and let's be greedy and want more and more and more. God loves greedy people when it comes to him. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you offer so much more than what we're currently experiencing, that you are above every circumstance. Father God, I thank you that your word is true. And thank you that you're a God of exchange. 
that the things that we partner with that causes barriers to an intimate relationship with you, that you long to remove those. You long to bring uh, correct thinking and correct understanding. Father God, in order for us to step into a much fuller relationship that you so desire for us, an intimate relationship with all three members of the Godhead, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, I pray as, as we all seek to have a look at ourselves and have a look at our relationship, God, would you be faithful and, and, and reveal to us the barriers that are there in your grace and in your mercy. Would you show us and lead us through a process in order to be able to bring truth into that situation, to bring freedom into that situation, to bring fullness into that situation. God, we want more of you. More and more and more. Help us to not limit our capacity. Help us to be a people who suck up the most of God that we possibly can. And that overflow of God comes out and impacts those that we encounter in our environment, in our community, in our family. God, help us to recognize that, Jesus, you paid the price so much more than just to have our sins forgiven so we can enter into heaven. But there is such a deepness. There is a fullness to salvation that we can become fully healed, fully saved, and fully delivered because you've got so much more for us than what we are currently experiencing. We thank you that you're a God who pours out your truth into us. Help us to be open and honest and receive that from a loving Father. In your mighty name, we ask. Amen. Up the front, there's some bits of paper that will help you process that Phil's put together through a School of the Spirit session that will help you process some of those challenges that you may face where you need to recognize, repent, and so forth. So please come forward and grab one because they're a powerful tool in your toolbox in order for you to be able to walk in the freedom and the fullness of your salvation that God's got for us. It is more than what you're currently experiencing. And that excites me. It should excite you. Chase after it. Be greedy. Be blessed.